Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Monday. And um, I tell you what, if Israel Folau uh, just wanted people to talk about him every day, he's achieved that anyway. Uh, Fifty Shades of Green, not a soft porn movie, unfortunately. Uh, the difference between uh, Air New Zealand and a bank called ANZ and is Andrew Dickens getting fired but before any of that uh, kids who kill what to do with them but I guess the other question when you think about it is should child criminals actually get lifelong anonymity because they can it was in the UK that they commissioned a report into this by the way in 2016 and it said that child criminals should in fact get lifelong an- anonymity um, a youth justice personnel said anonymity is an important part of rehabilitation of a child who offends and naming them as adults especially in the age of social media makes it very difficult for them to put their past behind them now if you're thinking that New Zealand would never take such a criminal then think again because don't forget if this person is given a new identity then that relinquishes their past as a killer as a child killer as a murderer Now, I would like to think that most people deserve a second chance, but I don't know. Can you actually fix evil? I believe these two child killers acted in what they thought was fine, because that's what they knew. They are evil. They are pure evil. But when do you give somebody a second chance? And should that second chance be in New Zealand? No, it should be in Darwin. I think anybody who wants a second chance should have to live in Darwin. Maybe only, not forever, but just until they've proved that they've deserved their second chance. Uh, That's my theory anyway. Uh, Israel Folau, I wish he'd moved to Darwin. The fact he's asking others to fund a legal battle he chose and is the result of his own actions. The disclaimer at the end, which states he can basically spend that money any way he wants. Everything about it is sickening. What's really disturbing is how many people are donating. He's preying on the vulnerable and the naive under the guise of Christianity and decency. He's asking for money from those who believe his fight is about the cause and not about a guy who might be a little out of his depth entering the domain of lawyers and big, big legal bills. I said at the time the only people who will win here will be the lawyers, but in fact, Israel could win. And if he does, he'll win money. Will he pay back all those who donated to his cause at that point? He's not fighting for his life or for religious freedom or for freedom of speech. He's fighting a dismissal on the basis of a breach of contract. And he is in the fight because he chose it. The sick and dying on the GoFundMe page didn't choose their fight. They didn't get a choice. The outcome isn't monetary for them. The outcome is literally life or death. If the PR company hired to spin things his way in the public arena prior to the case being heard wasn't bad enough, this is next level. And I don't buy the argument that people don't have to donate if they don't want to, because the people he's targeting, the people who believe in him, are those who can probably afford it the least, and those who may not have the wherewithal to work out that this is not about God and church and freedom and religion. This is about one man who breached his employment contract, lost money and wants more money to get the money back. The fact his money grab is on this platform is actually sick. 
and it makes a mockery of the people there who truly are. Uh, interestingly, uh, then Mike Hoskin came on the radio and said almost the opposite, that he was entitled to do whatever he wants and the people who donated were entitled to do whatever they want. Um, and then obviously the people at GoFundMe listened to both of those comments and they decided that Kate was smarter than Mike and took his page down. There you go. Uh, we'll just chop one up for Kate. Um, now, Fifty Shades of Green. Apparently, uh, farmers are worried that too much land's being sold off for forestry. I think this is what's happening, and it's not just people having uh, bondage-based sex. I think that's what's happening. Is it too easy to buy forestry land nowadays? Yeah, look, it is. I mean, look, one, one of one of our uh, things we've, we've tried, we've tried uh, talking about is, look, the OIO in October last year, which they, they uh, changed the plan... And, and allowed, it's basically a free bus pass for foreign people to come in and buy productive farmland for forestry planting. They don't have to prove any betterment for New Zealand at all. And I mean, it's just, it, it, to me, it's a nonsense. I mean, why, we're not, we're not anti-foreign investors, but I mean, uh, surely they've got to bring something with them, don't they? So what are you saying, Mike, that at the same time as clamping down on forest, oh, sorry, on foreign buyers into our significant chunks of land, the government at the same time made it easier to buy forestry land? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they don't have to prove any betterment for New Zealand at all. And I mean, it's just a nonsense. I just can't see the logic behind it. So is this um, what's... I'll, I'll, yeah, sorry. Is this what's driving uh, the sudden increase in pastoral land being converted to, to forestry land? Yeah, look, it's one of the factors. It's you know we almost describe it as a bit of a perfect storm. There's actually mm. two or three policy settings. I mean, we've got the emissions trading scheme driving it, which is the price of carbon. We've yeah. got the relaxation for the overseas investment rules, and also the zero carbon bill. And it's the interaction between these policies that's that's causing causing these these outcomes now. I've got to say, it makes me shift a little uncomfortably in my seat when you listen to people talking about what people can and can't do with the land they buy, especially when that land's in the middle of nowhere. Um, too many rules. Stop making so many rules. It's a confusing world, though. Uh, what is the difference between ANZ and AirNZ? Uh, well, one CEO's in trouble, and one's going to be the future Prime Minister. I don't think Ian knows which one. And also count the number of times he says, basically. The CEO, basically, of the ANZ Bank... Uh, why is it double standard, basically, when people like him uh, get away, basically, with defrauding uh, banks of uh, over $400,000? He's not facing serious charges here. What's the story? I don't think, I don't think it, was, it was because it was up to him to come up with the, his own accountancy practices, so the, it was not seen to be criminal. So um, although there's still ongoing questions about the house that was sold, but, yeah, I don't think it was defraud. I have to challenge that. But it seems as though it was uh, his, within his business agreement and within where, what, within what expenses he was entitled to and the accounting practices for where those expenses went. Yeah, well, uh, according to the media today, basically they were talking about it this afternoon. They were saying that basically because um, of the expenses of basically the uh, storage of the what wine. Me, what, me, what media, in? The media that I heard this afternoon. Yeah, what was it? What, what, if, you, if you had to libel them, tell me what it was. What's that, sorry? What show was it? It was basically, uh, I think it was on, no, actually it was on Cura and A, basically on um, Jack Tay's basically show. He was talking about it tonight with Winston Peters. Oh, Winston, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I wasn't privy to that because I was sitting at work here, okay, Ian. 
But they said they'd basically yeah, 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 yeah. But I've over seen... four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, and he's and lost I, his job, and he's and he's lost his job because of that. Yeah, but he can afford basically to lose it because he's on three point seven million dollars basically a year, so he can afford basically to lose that. But I see he's going to be going for. Uh, a parliament job basically running the National Party. For no, 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 Ian, you're all wrong. Well, that's what they said. Ian, it's it's the guy from Ian New Zealand that's going for a parliamentary job. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No, you're talking about Hisco from ANZ. There's ANZ in Ian New Zealand. Now, the CEO basically of Ian uh, New Zealand, right, well, ANZ, I should say, that uh, basically... Ian, Ian, them. Ian... You've got Air New Zealand confused with ANZ, which is, is not good. No, no, Max is quite wrong there. It was fantastic that he had that confused. And um, also that in spite of the number of times he did say basically, he never really said basically. Which I, I think Ian should ring any time. Finally, is Andrew Dickens getting fired? All right, Pete, hello. Oh, how you going, Andrew? Yeah. Sad to hear that the powers to be have decided to uh, end your time, mate, on the afternoon. Oh, I'll still be here on Mondays. People haven't quite comprehended the fact that I will be here every Monday afternoon between 12 and 4, and uh, Seinfeld will be uh, Tuesday to Friday. So I'm I'm still here. Oh, yes, yeah, well, I'll, I'll be and, here. And, and, hey, look, I'm just going to have to reiterate this because, you know, the, the campaign uh, advertising has actually stepped up quite a bit uh, now, uh, that when I took this job 18 months ago, that was the deal. They said, you know, uh, Simon Barnett uh, isn't coming until July the 1st of 2019, and we would quite like you to work uh, on the afternoon show until then. And uh, yeah. I went, wow, that's 18 months, a dream come true. I'm not going to say no, am I, even though, you know, I'm actually – to be honest with you, I am the proverbial turkey that voted for Christmas. It's funny that he should say that because I don't know if you've seen Andrew Dickens, but there are certain features that, I mean, I'm only saying this because he introduced the concept turkey-like. I'm just saying he's got long legs and an interesting nose. and oh, He's a good-looking guy, good-looking turkey. I am Glenn ZB. I mean, let's not even get into the animals that I look like. Uh, and we'll see you back here again tomorrow for more News Talk ZB. No, don't stop, stop comparing me to animals.